Today, I am talking with Chitra Rajeshwari, Executive Director of Avasant Foundation. Chitra is a master in managing change through developing strategic relationships, pushing boundaries, and thinking outside the box to create successful solutions. She has taken her skills and expertise from her corporate career to transition her work for the common good in the training and job acquisition by aspiring young people in the Caribbean, Africa, and India. She is the executive director of the Avasan Foundation that identifies and supports programs that uplift and provide opportunities to the needy in underdeveloped and emerging economies. She's also a certified life coach and hiker, among many other personal interests. Chitra is a great example of career transition for doing work that matters to her. Her corporate experience enables her to be credible to acquire grants and financial support from large companies, and her empathy for the aspiring youth in developing countries has enabled her to bring to fruition her dream job. She is one of the most tireless, focused, generous, and inspiring people I know. So let's discover how Chitra Rajaswari does it. Hello, Chitra. Hello, Jeff. So glad that we have this time with you. Um, Chitra, you dedicate yourself to training young people to enter the global market and transform themselves and their communities. Can you briefly describe how Avasant Foundation succeeds to fulfill its mission? Sure, Jeff. First of all, let me say thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I've always enjoyed um, interacting with you and with some of your students. So this is this is my pleasure to be here and to talk about what we do, um, what I do in my in, in my uh, in my workspace, and also about who I am as an individual. Thank you. Um, with regards to our with regards to Foundation, our mission at the foundation is youth empowerment. Um, and we do that by providing um, job-related skills training program, which falls into education, providing job opportunities, um, that's employment creation and entrepreneurship. Um, as you would know that um, uh, one of the biggest crises facing the world today is youth unemployment. Um, there are over a billion young people living in, on this planet with approximately about 80 to 85% living in developing and emerging economies and in fragile states. Um, and young, young people account roughly to 40% of the world's unemployment. Most people forget when they look at the unemployment numbers to look at what is the youth unemployment number in it. And one in three young person worldwide um, are not in education, in employment, or in any kind of training. So that is a crisis by itself. Yes. So what we are trying to do at Avasan Foundation is something that's so glaring. We are trying to see how we can resolve this, this, this issue of youth unemployment. Um, you would have heard of the 17 Sustainable Development Goals that was introduced by the United Nations in 2015. So goal number eight is actually um, job creation. So we are very actively engaged with the United Nations um, 17 goals, of which five goals we are directly aligned with from the work that we do at the foundation. And we also feel that the, the, that the youth are, um, you know, they, they are the next generation. And if you don't engage youth and harness their creativities and their ideas and their energy, 
um, to come up with solutions to work, um, it's not going to happen. So, so hence our focus on the foundation is to see how we can solve some of this, this problem that's being faced by many of these young adults. And another big issue is that there is not going to be jobs for everybody, um, probably within the next decade. So the question is, what is the other alternative to actually getting a job is to be an entrepreneur so that you create a job for yourself and you're able to create jobs for others. So that is our focus of the foundation and that's what I do every day. Fantastic. I love it. Um, Chitra, let's move the discussion to you uh, professionally. Um, many people who are in mid to late career aspire to work in something that really matters to them to help others. You've successfully achieved this aspiration. Could you please talk about your own transition from business and corporate work to nonprofit or NGO work? Sure, sure. This is this is my favorite topic. <laughs> um, it's only because um, I believe in change. I live, you know, I live to to embrace change, and I and I think that once you learn to do that, you actually um, learn to embrace the challenges that come with it. Um, you know, since I was a young girl in my teens, I have always done volunteer work and it's come very naturally for me. I've always believed that it's good to give back to the communities. You know, we all live in, in, in a society where we are constantly taking and how many of us are actually giving back. So when I was young, I was, you know, my focus was with the elderly. And then as I was growing up, um, I changed to like really, really young kids. But now I'm at a stage in life where I feel that working with young adults is, is the right thing to do because they are the future of, um, of this, of this universe, you know? So, um, I've had, I've had a very interesting career in my life. I have, I have had multiple, uh, areas of work. You know, I started in the travel industry, had a very, very successful uh, career there. And then subsequently, um, um, I worked in the in the banking industry again. Had a great successful career there. Um, I also had my own business. I had a I, I once ran a small restaurant, but then I actually ran a consulting firm, which was to do with people, people management. You know how we human beings can solve problems once we engage with each other. Um, and what I've noticed is that from every job that I've changed, every career that I've had, I've been able to. Um, take my skill set and transfer it to the industry I go. And, and there is no difference um, to doing the same in the non-for-profit world. And this is something that I always wanted to be in. This is a space I always wanted to be in. But it took, I, I took my time to get here because I think all the experience that I had working in the corporate sector has really helped me to understand the non-for-profit work much better. You know, I tell people that the word profit exists in the not-for-profit is because you've got to look at it as a business entity. Otherwise, you'll never be successful in what you're trying to do. Um, you've got to think with your head, um, feel with your heart, but you've got to think with your head to be able to achieve what you want to do in the not-for-profit space. It's not as easy as it is in the for-profit sector because, you know, you're, you're constrained for, for uh, looking for funding, um, the, the, the change or the, or the impact takes time to happen. Um, you know, sometimes you're not able to get the exact metrics that you really want. Um, so there's a lot of struggle, you know, and you're working with, 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 um, 
with the key stakeholders who are very are very vulnerable people in the communities. So you've got to invest. You've got to invest in it. You 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 have to feel like you want this. You've got to invest. Take the time to understand what is it you really want. How do you want to do this? And then make the transition happen. I think anybody can do this. It's just a question of being patient and learning to work with your skill set. And everything that we have done in our lives, you know, be, be it education, uh, interacting with different people, um, the jobs that we have had, everything is transferable into something that you're very passionate about. And, and hence, I feel that, uh, um, you know, coming into the space after, you know, having a good successful 20 to 25 years in the for-profit sector has been really, really great for me. And the transition has been quite smooth as well. Well, you're, you are an exceptional model. And, and one of the things that our students come away with when they hear you present is an amazement at how tirelessly you're working. You're usually on a plane somewhere in Africa or India or in the Caribbean, and you're off-site for long periods of time. And you're clearly working more than 40 hours a week and you're very, very dedicated, and yet you tell the students how energized you are, how excited you are every day by the work that you do, and, and all of this actually gives you energy, doesn't take energy away. So can you talk about what motivates, excites, and fulfills you in your work, and particularly since so many people who are mid to late career are, may feel stuck in kind of a sense of, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not terribly excited. And here you are looking at embracing change and working and having all the sense of wonder and passion and you keep yourself going. So what fulfills you in your work? You know, Jeff, you said it. You said it. It's exactly what you said. I get energized when I'm doing this kind of work. I get energized when I stand in front of your students. When I look at these young adults in a classroom, you know, with their big eyes, you know, looking at you with, with hoping that, that words that come out of your mouth is magic to the years, you know, and that you have a crystal ball and you could just change their lives for them, you know, and you know, that's not reality, but I feel that my job in, in, in where I am today, helping young adults is actually helping fulfill their desires and their dreams, giving them the opportunity to be like any of us, you know, why should they be different to somebody who has, who has the wealth to, to go to college and, and, you know, get what they want. So the, the, what motivates me is, is the opportunity to be among them, to work with them, to give them that opportunity so that they too are deserving of a better life. They too can have a brighter future. And that, that really motivates me to wake up every morning and say, you know what, it's going to be such an exciting day today because I'm going to do something that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, another thing is, is when you do this work and when you see the results, you know, the number of students who have gone through a training program, they've graduated, and they're employed, our success rate is over 93, 94%. And I'm not saying that's because of me, it's because of us. It's, 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 a, it's a combination of the effort that I put into these programs to get these young adults into our classroom so that they get the, the training that they deserve. 
and and motivating them every day to 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 come to the classroom and participate in these kind of trainings you know take advantage of such programs so that they too can have a better life and things like this really excite me you know um and uh, one of the things that i tell most people is they ask me oh i want to get into the not for profit space where should i start there is no starting point to to be in this in this non for profit space you just go from where you are comfortable because if you feel that that you're passionate about animals or you're passionate about climate change you're passionate about refugees you're passionate about anything something small right like like the, like president obama you know just tweeted the other day saying you got to start somewhere and the things and where you can start is it could be in your community it could be in your child's school it could be in the university it could be in your workplace do something good for up for somebody else you know stop thinking about yourself and do something for somebody else because there is always someone else who's more needy than you are once you change your attitude and once you start thinking for others to volunteer to do work in the not for profit space comes very easily you know and also another thing is either look at volunteering the non for profit space in an area that you're comfortable with so that you go in with, with the knowledge that you have and your 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 offering your your knowledge and your time towards something that you you know and you would like to do or go into a space that you don't know anything about where you want to learn something very new and offer your time and services so that you're learning while you're also imparting you know time for somebody else so there's this two extreme um um avenues from where uh, people can definitely get into this non-profit space just talking about it makes me excited because i feel that it's no brainer but that's how i look at it and that's because i think i've been doing this for a very very long time and and even when i started volunteering my parents never asked me to go volunteer it just came to me naturally because i would see somebody and i would be like what can i do to help that person yes. so it's as simple as that but i think you have to feel it you got to want it and then you got to do it but once you start you know and for me now i feel it's so hard for me to start because i feel that that i i owe it to these young students because i've committed to them that that you know we'll continue this training we'll give you this opportunity and what if i stop doing this and what happens i'm not saying i'm i'm indispensable but i feel that the the, the space that i'm trying to uh, cover and 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 help these young adults you know unless there's somebody else i know is going to take over i don't want to stop because then i feel that so many of them will probably not have the same opportunity so yes i travel a lot for work you know it can be tiring at times but what motivates me is when i go and look at their faces even when i come to your classroom and i look at those young adults it's just amazing to see how they they take in every word that comes out of our mouth because they also want to have similar opportunities in life but there is no magic pill to this you got to work hard um like any job and you have to um you know take each day as it comes um there there will be obstacles some days are not as exciting as as, as the next day but you just got to motivate yourself to want to do so that you are fulfilling not only your dream but dreams of others who you are um supporting you know it's it's wonderful how you express that feeling that you are useful and needed and that you have so many more young people to train is is just a wonderful way of expressing your your motivation in terms of the giving to others but giving to the others in an effective way which gets me to our next question um you really do take an entrepreneurial approach chitra um 
uh, yes, you're working in the nonprofit sector, but I know that you look at metrics. I know that you look at scaling. I know that you apply your business practices. So can you talk about how you apply entrepreneurship in the nonprofit sector? Absolutely. You know, I'm, I, I, I said that earlier too, you know, the word profit exists in the non-for-profit world is because you have to look at it as a business. The minute you stop doing that, you, you do not, you do not, your progress is very, very slow. The impact is very little. And, and you have to have an entrepreneurial approach to it. You have to think from your head because it, you have to run a non-for-profit uh, initiative like how you run a business, you got to have a process. You got to, you have to learn to, uh, you, you have to, you have to have a strategy. Um, you have to know how you're going to scale and you have to know how you're going to measure. If you don't have any of these, you are not going to be successful because that's why lots of, many of these NGOs, they start, they, they, they die or they get stagnated and then they lose interest. And that's only because they do not have a proper process. You've got to have a strategic plan. You've got to think ahead. Either it's for two years or three years or five years, you've got to have a strategic plan. Um, if you want to grow organically, that's fine, but you have to make sure that it is a sustainable model. Otherwise, it will not be successful. Um, and then metrics, metrics, metrics. It's very important for you to be able to measure because when you go to these donors and when you're asking them for funds, they need to know where, where their dollar is going. They want to know how it has traveled, what is the impact it has had, and what is the returns on that impact. And it's very important. Now you will see that more and more people are investing, you know, even in the, in their, in their, um, with their investments. They're looking to invest in, in the non-for-profit sector where they're getting dividends for their investment. And that is only because they see this sector as a business entity. It is a business. The, the non-for-profit sector is huge. There's a lot of money that's being um, uh, pumped into this industry. But if you don't know how to run it wisely, it will collapse. So you've got to have an entrepreneurial approach to this sector, 100%. And, and another thing is, um, one, of, uh, one of the very important crucial points for us is that we also do not dictate in this, in this sector. For that, what I mean by that is if I'm doing some work in, in Haiti and we go with, with ideas and, and what the initiative is supposed to do and, and how it's, what is, who is supposed to impact and, and how do we scale, we work with the local people because if a model has to be sustainable, we want to make sure that the local people understand the model. They're able to take it and they're able to run with it. We come with ideas, we give them the support, we give them the financial help, you know, and we structure it for them. But end of the day, we want to make sure that the local people understand that if this, this particular initiative has to be successful, they have to learn to uh, embrace it and they have to understand it. So there's a lot of things that, that, that uh, come into play when you're actually Working in the not-for-profit space, it's not just like a mom-and-pop shop. You know, you have to have a 100% entrepreneurial approach to do your work. Well, I know, Chitra, that you are very internally motivated. I know that you get your esteem from your own sense of accomplishment. Uh, but you've also gotten uh, recognition through your recent award, the Stevie Award, uh, and I, I have to ask you 
So please tell us what it is that the award is and what does it acknowledge that you have accomplished? Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, that was, that was wonderful to be part of this amazing group of successful, professional, um, intelligent group of women who were part of the CV Awards for various categories. And I won in the category of um, transformational work. And that is the kind of work that I'm doing um, right here at, at Avasan Foundation, you know, uh, trans, uh, transforming people's lives. Um, and, and hence, I was recognized for the work that I have done. And I'm also very proud to say that I got um, recognized by um, the Clinton Global Initiative um, two years in a row for the work that um, I have done. I've been doing in, in Jamaica and in Haiti. So that was another great achievement, for the type of work we're doing. And then last year, um, we got rec I got recognized for the work. So the kind of work I do falls under the bucket of impact sourcing job creation, that means we are educating these big corporate uh, firms, you know, companies in the Fortune 1000 on um, uh, hiring these young adults who come from disadvantaged backgrounds, who do not have college degrees, but actually go through our skill training program and get employed in this corporate sector. And they're treated like any other uh, candidate um, who comes for a job interview, uh, who has a college degree. And when our young adults get hired, they're paid the same salary as somebody else and they're, and they're, they're hired as a full-time uh, employee. So that kind of work is called impact sourcing job creation. And um, very successfully, you know, we have influenced so many companies in adopting this methodology of hiring. And hence, we got recognized for that as well last year. So I'm very proud to say that um, uh, being in this space, you know, that uh, we've got a lot of, I've got a lot of recognition for the work I do. Um, but I'm also very happy to be in this place because this is what I really love to do. I've said this many times, not only to your students in your classroom, too, but to many of our, you know, to, to, to all the classes that I run. Every time I stand in front, in front of a class when we start, they look at me and they wonder, you know, why this lady all the way from San Francisco comes to a place like Haiti or Jamaica or, you know, um, South Africa to, to conduct these trainings. And I always tell them, this is where I want to be. I've always aspired to be in this space. And when I stand in front of you, you know, it's my happiest and proudest moment because this is exactly what I like to do. So for me, um, recognition is just being recognized by our students, you know, and, and them saying thank you is, is, is the happiest moment of my life. Well, I wish that we could bottle Chitra energy and, and uh, have it at Walmart or at Good Whole Foods, but Everybody has to find their own, and clearly you have found yours. So, Chitra, let's conclude with um, what advice do you have for someone who may be considering a tr career transition in service to others as you do? And service to others might not necessarily be being involved in something like Avisan Foundation. So maybe you could talk about some advice, not only in terms of what considerations someone might have or maybe some hindrances that people assume that may not be um, actually real, or maybe just some opportunities that are right in front of people that um, would help them in this idea of how to be uh, gainfully employed in helping and serving others. Um, I've, I've said a bit about this in, in the um, earlier, but um, one of the things that comes to mind is, I always tell people, you know, when they ask you, what do you do when you meet someone, you know, um, 
especially in America, it's very common to ask, what do you do for, you know, for a career or for a living? And most people talk about their work. I always tell people, talk about your passion. Why do you talk about your work? You know, that's so boring. Say, you can tell them, yeah, I work for Citibank, but I'm passionate about. I talk about what you're passionate about because that's what brings the best of you. And, and, and you never know what the other person has, you know, in response to you or, or what else is out there. If you don't put out what, you, what you're passionate about, nobody would know. If you sit at home and say, oh, my God, I want to do this. How do I go about it and not talk about it? Nobody would know that you're interested in something like that. And knowledge is powerful. You know, if you're interested in something, read about it. We are so fortunate to have Google uh, and, you know, you're able to get any kind of information in, in, in the tip of your fingers. So go ahead and read about it. And then once you read about it and go find some of these places that you're interested in and spend a day or spend half a day talking to folks so that, you know, and you hear, and you understand what it entails to be, um, you know, in, in, in that particular service industry that you want to go to, be it for profit or be it non for profit. It could be something in between. Um, there are so many opportunities. You know, if you if you if you belong to a gym or if you're part of a club or anything, you know, talk about what is what what you're interested in so that somebody else hears it and says oh you know what i know of something or i have heard this why don't you go try it out you've got to talk about what you're passionate about talking about what you do for a living every day is quite boring and mundane you know you can only talk so much about it until and unless you're doing something um, so fascinating like bill gates right so um so my advice is um knowledge is powerful read about it Try to um, explore, um, you know, um, take, um, take a chance. Um, don't be afraid to try something that you've never done before. There's no harm in trying. If you fail, there's nothing wrong with it. At least you gave it your best. Um, and then also sometimes, you know, get out of your comfort, comfort level. You know, if you're very comfortable sitting behind a desk, try and do something that is so extraordinary, you know. Um, challenge yourself. Um, that is also very motivating because it, it, it makes your brain want to function harder because you've got to think about some certain things. Don't do something that comes very easy because that's when you get bored very fast. Or at least that's, that's for me. I get bored very quickly. So I'm constantly learning, changing, tweaking, embracing a lot of things because um, I think there's so much to learn in this world and, and um, sky's the limit, you know? So um, explore. Well, you know, Chitra, um you know, our book, The Interconnected Individual, presumes that people will be connecting with others online as well as face-to-face. And your appeal of, hey, start talking about what you really want to do with others. Um, do you have advice in terms of extending one's network online? I know you've talked about it in terms of just the, the community that one is in or the people that one is in, one is with. Do you have any suggestions about using some of these online tools, platforms, apps that enable you to find those opportunities, presuming you know what you'd like to do? Exactly. So look at LinkedIn, for instance, right? Um, if, you know, LinkedIn gives you an opportunity to put um, things that you follow or something that you're passionate about. And before you know it, people who are interested in similar kind of stuff find you. Um, there's meetups, right? Uh, meetups have various kinds of uh, meetups. It could be from travel to books to cooking to you name it, there's a meetup. 
join some of these things and go meet people in person so that you're hanging out over a glass of wine. At least you're chatting about something that you're all passionate about. So you don't feel like you're a stranger. Or if, you, if you're trying to learn something about travel and you're not an Advent traveler, join a meetup group that they talk about travel and talk to as many people as possible so you're learning about it. I think in today's world with technology, there is so many you, you, there are so many avenues to find um, uh, uh, what you're looking for, and that should not be a problem at all. You know, use so, social media is amazing if you use it effectively. Facebook too, you can use Facebook effectively. You don't necessarily have to only post, you know, what you're eating or which party you've gone to. You can use it effectively to meet right-minded folks that you want to have a, a conversation with. Um, Twitter is great. You know, you, 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 you can start a conversation on Twitter and you have followers and then you can build from there, um, write blogs. <laughs> there, there's so many ways to do it. And, and I think um, you just have to learn to, to talk. And if you're somebody who's very shy, then you need to start somewhere. And that somewhere could be with one individual and then slowly, you know, expand that relationship to find more people. But I think we live in a world where more and more people are so um, close in and, and very content sitting uh, in front of their computers and reaching the world across. But I think sometimes it's important to get out there and have in-person in -person meeting because I think as human beings, it's very important for us to connect as one human to another human. Um, that that way you're, you're, you feel the flow of energy, the flow of conversation, the eye contact that you make really helps in, in, in the long way. And having that kind of deep discussion over a cup of coffee or, or a glass of wine, you know, nothing beats that to um, chatting online. That, that is just such a wonderful way to conclude. And, and if uh, people want to follow Chitra, obviously you have a LinkedIn profile, you, you are online, um, they could connect with you. And, On Twitter, yep. Yes, yes. and uh, uh, you've been very, very generous as always, and your energy is just sparkling, and uh, I hope that people who listen to this are inspired to take those steps that you're encouraging them to do. Chitra, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate this opportunity.